0: Welcome back to the Reggie and Royal Podcast. As we left Episode 7, we selected highlights from the recent Bitcoin 2022 conference, which was held in April 6 9th in Miami. Such notable addressees were MicroStrategy CEO Michael Saylor, ARK CEO Kathy Wood, Shark Tank's Kevin O'Leary, Chairman of WIO Hackathon Caitlin Long, and, Genesis Chief Operating Officer Noah Perlman. By the way, if you are enjoying the podcasts, don't forget to smash the like button and, subscribe to our channel. This eighth episode is about carbon credits and crypto, this first of a three-part series, where we'll look at the rapid and strategic developments in the emerging cryptocurrency niche of mandatory carbon offsets, applied to the blockchain. Mark Cuban has been an early investor in this space, and, has committed to regular purchases of carbon credits in the open market. This has been said to be one of the most significant growth opportunities over the next decade. One season investor puts the segment as being, right now, where Bitcoin was a decade ago, with regard to the outstanding and lucrative growth opportunities ahead of us. Due to the relative obscurity of this topic to so much of the general public, we will divide this series into three parts. This part A will describe the subject of carbon credits. Part B in episode 9 will describe the subject of carbon neutrality. Part C in episode 10 will describe the international carbon markets and that relationship to the cryptocurrency blockchain. And, although a lot of recent focus this year has been on the so-called Bitcoin or crypto winter, We'll place a deep dive into that topic in a future podcast. At the present time, much of the overhang of intermarket asset allocations and rebalancing, potential legislation and likely regulations on cryptocurrency is yet to be settled. As this further develops, we'll have a more significant contribution to make in a way that offers greater guidance and, directions for your informed decision making. Meanwhile, just in the past week, Bitcoin and several other currencies, coins, and, tokens have made the largest up move in many months, roughly 30% in just over two weeks. This merits attention in further detail in a later discussion. In spite of the current cryptocurrency lull, the cryptocurrency sector is still the best-performing financial asset for the past five years, and, for the past 10 years. So, what if you had been tuned into the cryptocurrency market in 2012? What if you could, today, Plug into a sector that will offer you the potential for similar growth over the next decade. A carbon credit is a general term for any tradable instrument or permit representing the right to emit one ton of carbon dioxide or the original amount of a different greenhouse gas go to e. They are designed to help reduce greenhouse gas emissions by providing a financial incentive for companies to reduce their carbon footprint. Carbon credits and carbon requests are an element of public and transnational attempts to alleviate the growth in attention of greenhouse fees GHGs. 1 carbon credit is equal to 1 ton of carbon dioxide, or in some requests, carbon dioxide original feasts. Carbon trading is an operation of an emissions trading approach. Greenhouse gas emissions are limited and also requests are used to allocate the emissions among the group of regulated sources. The thing is to allow market mechanisms to drive artificial and marketable processes in the direction of low emissions or lower carbon ferocious approaches than those used when there's no cost to emitting carbon dioxide and other GHGs into the atmosphere. Since GHG mitigation systems induce credits, this approach can be used to finance carbon reduction schemes between trading mates and around the world. There are also numerous companies that vend carbon credits to marketable and individual customers who are interested in lowering their carbon footprint on a voluntary base. These carbon offsetters buy the credits from an investment fund or a carbon development company that has added up the credits from individual systems. Buyers and sellers can also use an exchange platform to trade which is like a stock exchange for carbon credits. The quality of the credits is grounded in part on the confirmation process and complication of the fund or development company that acted as the backer to the carbon design. This is reflected in their price, voluntary units generally have lower value than the units sold through the strictly validated clean development mechanism, delineations the Collins English Dictionary defines a carbon credit as a certification showing that a government or company has paid to have a certain quantity of carbon dioxide removed from the environs. The Environment Protection Authority of Victoria defines a carbon credit as a general term to assign a value to a reduction or offset of greenhouse gas emissions, usually original to one ton of carbon dioxide fellow CO2e. The Investopedia Incorporated Investment Dictionary defines a carbon credit as a permit that allows the holder to emit one ton of carbon dioxide, which can be traded in the multinational market at their current market price. Types, there are two main markets for carbon credits. Compliance Market Credits Secondary-Verified Market Credits VERS background, the burning of fossil fuels is a major source of greenhouse gas emissions, especially for power, cement, steel, textile, fertilizer and numerous other industries which rely on fossil fuels coal, electricity, derived from coal, natural gas and oil. The major greenhouse gases emitted by these diligence are carbon dioxide, methane, nitrous oxide, hydrofluorocarbons HFCs, etc all of which increase the atmosphere's capability to trap infrared energy and therefore affect the climate. The notion of carbon credits came into reality as a result of expanding attention of the need for controlling emissions. The IPCC, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, has observed that programs that give a real or implicit price of carbon could invoke provocations for producers and consumers to significantly invest in low GHG products, technologies and processes. Similar programs could include profitable instruments government backing and regulation, while noting that a tradable permit system is one of the policy instruments that has been shown to be environmentally effective in the artificial sector, as long as there are reasonable situations of pungency over the original allocation medium and long-term price. The medium was homogenized in the Kyoto Protocol, a multinational agreement between further than 170 countries, and the request mechanisms were agreed through the posterior Marrakesh Accords. The mechanism embraced was analogous to the successful U.S. acid drain program to reduce some man-made pollutants. Emission Allowances Under the Kyoto Protocol, the caps or proportions for greenhouse gases for the developed Edition 1 countries are known as assigned amounts and are listed in NXP. The volume of the original assigned quantity is denominated in individual units, called assigned quantum units AAUs, each of which represents an allowance to emit one metric ton of carbon dioxide match and these are entered into the country's public registry. In turn, these countries set proportions on the emigrations of installations run by original business and other organizations, generically nominated operators. Carbon credits can be bought and sold on various exchanges, such as the Chicago Climate Exchange and the European Climate Exchange. They are typically traded in units of one ton of carbon dioxide equivalent, CO2e. There are several types of carbon credits, including compliance credits. These credits are used by companies and governments to meet their greenhouse gas reduction targets under a cap-and-trade system voluntary credits. These credits are purchased by individuals or companies who want to offset their own greenhouse gas emissions, but are not required to do so by law project-based credits. These credits are generated by projects that reduce or remove greenhouse gases from the atmosphere, such as renewable energy projects or afforestation, tree planting. Projects' carbon credits have been controversial with some arguing that they are an effective way to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and combat climate change, while others claim that they are open to abuse and may not always result in real emissions reductions. The major greenhouse gases emitted by these industries are carbon dioxide, methane, nitrous oxide, hydrofluorocarbons, HFCs, etc., all of which increase the atmosphere's ability to trap infrared energy and thus affect the climate. The concept of carbon credits came into existence as a result of increasing awareness of the need for controlling emissions. The IPCC, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, has observed that, policies that provide a real or implicit price of carbon could create incentives for producers and consumers to significantly invest in low GHG products, technologies and processes. Such policies could include economic instruments, government funding and regulation. While noting that a tradable permit system is one of the policy instruments that has been shown to be environmentally effective in the industrial sector, as long as there are reasonable levels of predictability over the initial allocation mechanism and long-term price, the mechanism was formalized in the Kyoto Protocol, an international agreement between more than 170 countries, and the market mechanisms were agreed through the subsequent Marrakesh Accords. The mechanism adopted was similar to the successful U.S. acid rain program to reduce some industrial pollutants. Emission allowances. Under the Kyoto Protocol, the caps or quotas for greenhouse gases for the developed Annex 1 countries are known as assigned amounts and are listed in Annex B. The quantity of the initial assigned amount is denominated in individual units, called assigned amount units, AAUs, each of which represents an allowance to emit one metric ton of carbon dioxide equivalent, and these are entered into the country's national registry. In turn, These countries set quotas on the emissions of installations run by local business and other organizations, generically termed operators. Countries manage this through their national registries, which are required to be validated and monitored for compliance by the UNFCCC. Each operator has an allowance of credits, where each unit gives the owner the right to emit one metric ton of carbon dioxide or other equivalent greenhouse gas. Operators that have not used up their quotas can sell their unused allowances as carbon credits, while businesses that are about to exceed their quotas can buy the extra allowances as credits, privately or on the open market. As demand for energy grows over time, the total emissions must still stay within the cap, but it allows industry some flexibility and predictability in its planning to accommodate this. By permitting allowances to be bought and sold, an operator can seek out the most cost-effective way of reducing its emissions. Either by investing in cleaner machinery and practices or by purchasing emissions from another operator who already has excess capacity. Since 2005, the Kyoto mechanism has been adopted for CO2 trading by all the countries within the European Union under its European Trading Scheme, EU ETS, with the European Commission as its validating authority. From 2008, EU participants must link with the other developed countries who ratified Annex I of the Protocol, and trade the six most significant anthropogenic greenhouse gases. In the United States, which has not ratified Kyoto, and Australia, whose ratification came into force in March 2008, similar schemes are being considered. Kyoto's flexible mechanisms a tradable credit can be an emissions allowance or an assigned amount unit which was originally allocated or auctioned by the national administrators of a Kyoto-compliant cap-and-trade scheme, or it can be an offset of emissions. Such offsetting and mitigating activities can occur in any developing country which has ratified the Kyoto Protocol. And has a national agreement in place to validate its carbon project through one of the UNFCCC's approved mechanisms. Once approved, these units are termed certified emission reductions, or CERs. The protocol allows these projects to be constructed and credited in advance of the Kyoto trading period. The Kyoto Protocol provides for three mechanisms that enable countries or operators in developed countries to acquire greenhouse gas reduction credits under joint implementation, G a developed country with relatively high costs of domestic greenhouse reduction would set up a project in another developed country. Under the Clean Development Mechanism, CDM, a developed country can sponsor a greenhouse gas reduction project in a developing country where the cost of greenhouse gas reduction project activities is usually much lower, but the atmospheric effect is globally equivalent. The developed country would be given credits for meeting its emission reduction targets while the developing country would receive the capital investment in clean technology or beneficial change in land use.Under international emissions trading, i.e.t., countries can trade in the international carbon credit market to cover their shortfall in assigned amount units. Countries with surplus units can sell them to countries that are exceeding their emission targets under Annex B of the Kyoto Protocol. These carbon projects can be created by a national government or by an operator within the country. In reality, Most of the transactions are not performed by national governments directly, but by operators who have been set quotas by their country. Emission Markets for Trading Purposes One allowance or is considered equivalent to one metric ton of CO2 emissions. These allowances can be sold privately or in the international market at the prevailing market price. These trade and settle internationally and hence allow allowances to be transferred between countries. Each international transfer is validated by the UNFCCC. Each transfer of ownership within the European Union is additionally validated by the European Commission. Climate exchanges have been established to provide a spot market and allowances, as well as futures and options market to help discover a market price and maintain liquidity.Carbon prices are normally quoted in euros per ton of carbon dioxide or its equivalent, CO2e. Other greenhouse gases can also be traded, but are quoted as standard multiples of carbon dioxide with respect to their global warming potential. These features reduce the quota's financial impact on business, while ensuring that the quotas are met at a national and international level. Currently there are five exchanges trading in carbon allowances, the European Climate Exchange, Nasdaq OMX Commodities Europe, PowerNext, Commodity Exchange Bratislava, and the European Energy Exchange. Nasdaq OMX Commodities Europe listed a contract to trade offsets generated by a CDM carbon project called Certified Emission Reductions, CERS. Many companies now engage in emissions abatement, offsetting, and sequestration programs to generate credits that can be sold on one of the exchanges. At least one private electronic market has been established in 2008, Contorco 2e. Carbon credits at commodity exchange Bratislava are traded at special platform. Carbon managing emissions is one of the fastest-growing segments in financial services in the City of London with a market estimated to be worth about 30 billion euros in 2007.Louis Redshaw, head of environmental markets at Barclays Capital predicts that carbon will be the world's biggest commodity market, and it could become the world's biggest market overall. (laughs) Setting a market price for carbon (laughs) Unchecked, energy use and hence emission levels are predicted to keep rising over time. Thus the number of companies needing to buy credits will increase, and the rules of supply and demand will push up the market price, encouraging more groups to undertake environmentally friendly activities that create carbon credits to sell. An individual allowance, such as an assigned amount unit, AAU, or its near-equivalent European Union Allowance, EUA, may have a different market value to an offset such as a SER. This is due to the lack of a developed secondary market for SERs, a lack of homogeneity between projects which causes difficulty in pricing as well as questions due to the principle of supplementarity and its lifetime. Additionally, offsets generated by a carbon project under the clean development mechanism are potentially limited in value because operators in the EU ETS are restricted as to what percentage of their allowance can be met through these flexible mechanisms. Yale University economics professor William Nordhaus argues that the price of carbon needs to be high enough to motivate the changes in behavior and changes in economic production systems necessary to effectively limit emissions of greenhouse gases. Raising the price of carbon will achieve four goals. First it will provide signals to consumers about what goods and services are high-carbon ones and should therefore be used more sparingly. Second, it will provide signals to producers about which inputs use more carbon, such as coal and oil, and which use less or none, such as natural gas or nuclear power, thereby inducing firms to substitute low-carbon inputs. Third, It will give market incentives for inventors and innovators to develop and introduce low-carbon products and processes that can replace the current generation of technologies. Fourth, and most important, a high-carbon price will economize on the information that is required to do all three of these tasks. Through the market mechanism, a high-carbon price will raise the price of products according to their carbon content. Ethical consumers today, hoping to minimize their carbon footprint, have little chance of making an accurate calculation of the relative carbon use in say, driving 250 miles as compared with flying 250 miles.A harmonized carbon tax would raise the price of a good proportionately to exactly the amount of CO2 that is emitted in all the stages of production that are involved in producing that good. If 0.01% of a ton of carbon emissions results from the wheat growing and the milling and the trucking and the baking of a loaf of bread, then a tax of $30 per ton carbon will raise the price of bread by 30 cents. The carbon footprint is automatically calculated by the price system. Consumers would still not know how much of the price is due to carbon emissions, but they could make their decisions confident that they are paying for the social cost of their carbon footprint. Nordhaus has suggested, based on the social cost of carbon emissions, that an optimal price of carbon is around $30 US per ton and will need to increase with inflation. The social cost of carbon is the additional damage caused by an additional ton of carbon emissions. The optimal carbon price, or optimal carbon tax, is the market price, or carbon tax on carbon emissions that balances the incremental costs of reducing carbon emissions with the incremental benefits of reducing climate damages. If a country wished to impose a carbon tax of $30 per tonne of carbon, this would involve a tax on gasoline of about $0.09 per gallon. Similarly, the tax on coal-generated electricity would be about $0.01 per kilowatt hour or 10% of the current retail price. At current levels of carbon emissions in the United States, a tax of $30 per ton of carbon would generate $50 billion of revenue per year. How buying carbon credits can reduce emissions? Carbon credits create a market for reducing greenhouse emissions by giving a monetary value to the cost of polluting the air. Emissions become an internal cost of doing business and are visible on the balance sheet alongside raw materials and other liabilities or assets. For example, Consider a business that owns a factory putting out 100,000 tons of greenhouse gas emissions in a year. Its government is an annex a country that enacts a law to limit the emissions that the business can produce. So the factory is given a quota of say 80,000 tons per year. The factory either reduces its emissions to 80,000 tons or is required to purchase carbon credits to offset the excess. After costing up alternatives the business may decide that it is uneconomical or infeasible to invest in new machinery for that year. Instead it may choose to buy carbon credits on the open market from organizations that have been approved as being able to sell legitimate carbon credits. We should consider the impact of manufacturing alternative energy sources. For example, the energy consumed and the carbon emitted in the manufacture and transportation of a large wind turbine would prohibit a credit being issued for a predetermined period of time. One seller might be a company that will offer to offset emissions through a project in the developing world. Such as recovering methane from a swine farm to feed a power station that previously would use fossil fuel. So, although the factory continues to emit gases, it would pay another group to reduce the equivalent of twenty thousand tons of carbon dioxide emissions from the atmosphere for that year. Another seller may have already invested in new low-emission machinery and have a surplus of allowances. As a result, the factory could make up for its emissions by buying twenty thousand tons of allowances from them. The cost of the seller's new machinery would be subsidized by the sale of allowances both the buyer and the seller would submit accounts for their emissions to prove that their allowances were met correctly. Credits versus taxes, carbon credits and carbon taxes each have their advantages and disadvantages. Credits were chosen by the signatories to the Kyoto Protocol as an alternative to carbon taxes. A criticism of tax-raising schemes is that they are frequently not hypothecated, and so some or all of the taxation raised by a government would be applied based on what the particular nation's government deems most fitting. However, some would argue that carbon trading is based around creating a lucrative artificial market, and, handled by free market enterprises as it is, carbon trading is not necessarily a focused or easily regulated solution. By treating emissions as a market commodity some proponents insist it becomes easier for businesses to understand and manage their activities, while economists and traders can attempt to predict future pricing using market theories. Thus the main advantages of a tradable carbon credit over a carbon tax are argued to be, the price may be more likely to be perceived as fair by those paying it. Investors in credits may have more control over their own costs. The flexible mechanisms of the Kyoto Protocol help to ensure that all investment goes into genuine sustainable carbon reduction schemes through an internationally agreed validation process. Some proponents state that if correctly implemented, a target level of emission reductions may somehow be achieved with more certainty. While under a tax the actual emissions might vary over time. It may provide a framework for rewarding people or companies who plant trees or otherwise meet standards exclusively recognized as green. The advantages of a carbon tax are argued to be Possibly less complex, expensive, and time consuming to implement. This advantage is especially great when applied to markets like gasoline or home heating oil. Perhaps some reduced risk of certain types of cheating, though under both credits and taxes, emissions must be verified. Reduced incentives for companies to delay efficiency improvements prior to the establishment of the baseline if credits are distributed in proportion to past emissions. When credits are grandfathered, this puts new or growing companies at a disadvantage relative to more established companies allows for more centralized handling of acquired gains worth of carbon is stabilized by government regulation rather than market fluctuations. Poor market conditions and weak investor interest have a lessened impact on taxation as opposed to carbon trading. Creating Carbon Credits the principle of supplementarity within the Kyoto Protocol means that internal abatement of emissions should take precedence before a country buys in carbon credits. However, it also established the clean development mechanism as a flexible mechanism by which cap entities could develop measurable and permanent emissions reductions voluntarily in sectors outside the cap.Many criticisms of carbon credits stem from the fact that establishing that an emission of CO2-equivalent greenhouse gas has truly been reduced involves a complex process. This process has evolved as the concept of a carbon project has been refined over the past 10 years. The first step in determining whether or not a carbon project has legitimately led to the reduction of measurable and permanent emissions is understanding the CDM methodology process. However, some would argue that carbon trading is based around creating a lucrative artificial market, and, handled by free market enterprises as it is, carbon trading is not necessarily a focused or easily regulated solution. By treating emissions as a market commodity some proponents insist it becomes easier for businesses to understand and manage their activities, while economists and traders can attempt to predict future pricing using market theories. Thus the main advantages of a tradable carbon credit over a carbon tax are argued to be, the price may be more likely to be perceived as fair by those paying it. Investors in credits may have more control over their own costs. The flexible mechanisms of the Kyoto Protocol help to ensure that all investment goes into genuine sustainable carbon reduction schemes through an internationally agreed validation process. Some proponents state that if correctly implemented, a target level of emission reductions may somehow be achieved with more certainty. While under a tax the actual emissions might vary over time, it may provide a framework for rewarding people or companies who plant trees or otherwise meet standards exclusively recognized as green. The advantages of a carbon tax are argued to be Possibly less complex, expensive, and time consuming to implement. This advantage is especially great when applied to markets like gasoline or home heating oil. Perhaps some reduced risk of certain types of cheating, though under both credits and taxes, emissions must be verified. Reduced incentives for companies to delay efficiency improvements prior to the establishment of the baseline if credits are distributed in proportion to past emissions. When credits are grandfathered, this puts new or growing companies at a disadvantage relative to more established companies allows for more centralized handling of acquired gains worth of carbon is stabilized by government regulation rather than market fluctuations. Poor market conditions and weak investor interest have a lessened impact on taxation as opposed to carbon trading. Creating carbon credits, the principle of supplementarity within the Kyoto Protocol means that internal abatement of emissions should take precedence before a country buys in carbon credits. However, it also established the clean development mechanism as a flexible mechanism by which capped entities could develop measurable and permanent emissions reductions voluntarily in sectors outside the cap. Many criticisms of carbon credits stem from the fact that establishing that an emission of CO2-equivalent greenhouse gas has truly been reduced involves a complex process. This process has evolved as the concept of a carbon project has been refined over the past 10 years. The first step in determining whether or not a carbon project has legitimately led to the reduction of measurable and permanent emissions is understanding the CDM methodology process. This is the process by which project sponsors submit, through a designated operational entity, DOE, their concepts for emissions reduction creation. The CDM executive board, with the CDM methodology panel and their expert advisors, Review each project and decide how and if they do indeed result in reductions that are additional additionality and its importance, it is also important for any carbon credit, offset, to prove a concept called additionality. The concept of additionality addresses the question of whether the project would have happened in the absence of an intervention in the form of the price signal of carbon credits.only projects with emissions below their baseline level, defined as emissions under a scenario without this price signal, holding all other factors constant represent a net environmental benefit. Carbon projects that yield strong financial returns even in the absence of revenue from carbon credits, or that are compelled by regulations, or that represent common practice in an industry, are usually not considered additional. A full determination of additionality requires a careful investigation of proposed carbon offset projects. It is generally agreed that voluntary carbon offset projects must demonstrate additionality to ensure the legitimacy of the environmental stewardship claims resulting from the retirement of carbon credits. Offsets. Criticisms. The Kyoto mechanism is the only internationally agreed mechanism for regulating carbon credit activities and, crucially, includes checks for additionality and overall effectiveness. Its supporting organization the UNFCCC, is the only organization with a global mandate on the overall effectiveness of emission control systems, although enforcement of decisions relies on national cooperation, the Kyoto trading period only applies for five years between 2008 and 2012. The first phase of the EU ETS system started before then and is expected to continue in a third phase afterwards, and may coordinate with whatever is internationally agreed at but there is general uncertainty as to what will be agreed in post-Kyoto protocol negotiations on greenhouse gas emissions. As business investment often operates over decades, this adds risk and uncertainty to their plans. As several countries responsible for a large proportion of global emissions, notably USA, India, China, have avoided mandatory caps. This also means that businesses in capped countries may perceive themselves to be working at a competitive disadvantage against those in uncapped countries as they are now paying for their carbon costs directly. A key concept behind the cap-and-trade system is that national quotas should be chosen to represent genuine and meaningful reductions in national output of emissions. Not only does this ensure that overall emissions are reduced but also that the costs of emissions trading are carried fairly across all parties to the trading system. However, Governments of capped countries may seek to unilaterally weaken their commitments, as evidenced by the 2006 and 2007 national allocation plans for several countries in the EU ETS, which were submitted late and then were initially rejected by the European Commission for being too lax. a question has been raised over the grandfathering of allowances. Countries within the EU ETS have granted their incumbent businesses most or all of their allowances for free. This can sometimes be perceived as a protectionist obstacle to new entrants into their markets. There have also been accusations of power generators getting a windfall profit by passing on these emissions charges to their customers. As the EU ETS moves into its second phase and joins up with Kyoto, it seems likely that these problems will be reduced as more allowances will be auctioned. Some sources shows that UK financial service wins a lot from carbon credit trade. The profit is evident if one check the statistics. London has secured dominance on the global carbon trading market, with net value $64 billion in 2007 according to the report by International Financial Services London. London controlled about 90% of the exchange market, carbon credit versus money, in 2007. London-based companies made about 59% of the purchases of carbon credits issued by the UN. And some of the carbon credits system creators are from UK, for example, The Economist, former senior vice president of the World Bank and government economic advisor in the United Kingdom Nicholas Stern. Baron's Stern of Brentford who has founded a consultancy trading agency the Carbon Rating Agency, CRA, on the Isle of Man, controlled by firm IDA Global Group. Their Stern was a vice chairman at that time, for carbon credit evaluation and firms rating and making money on that. Dot. Here are some key arguments for and against carbon credits, as well as some relevant counter arguments. Arguments for carbon credits. Carbon credits provide a financial incentive for companies to reduce their greenhouse gas emissions. By creating a market for carbon. Companies are able to buy and sell credits based on their emissions, which can encourage them to invest in cleaner technologies and practices.Carbon credits can help countries and companies meet their greenhouse gas reduction targets. By buying credits, countries and companies can offset their emissions and demonstrate their commitment to fighting climate change.Carbon credits can support the development of clean energy projects. The sale of carbon credits can provide funding for renewable energy projects, such as wind farms and solar power plants which can help reduce reliance on fossil fuels. Arguments against carbon credits Carbon credits may not always result in real emissions reductions. Some critics argue that companies may be able to purchase credits rather than actually reducing their emissions, leading to hot air credits that do not result in any actual reduction in greenhouse gases. Carbon credits may be open to abuse. There have been instances of fraud and corruption in the carbon credit market. With some companies claiming credits for projects that do not actually result in emissions reductions, carbon credits may not be the most cost-effective way to reduce emissions. Some argue that direct regulation or taxation of emissions may be more effective at reducing greenhouse gases.Fraud allegation in 2019, a fraud trial began. Eight men were accused of a £7 million carbon credit fraud at Southwark Crown Court in England. It was alleged that a fraud had been perpetrated on members of the public who were persuaded to make investments including the purchase of carbon credits, which were effectively worthless. The trial collapsed because the judge ruled that the prosecution's expert witness did not have any relevant qualifications. Counterarguments: carbon credits can be designed to prevent abuse and ensure that only real emissions reductions are recognized. For example, the United Nations Clean Development Mechanism requires that carbon credits are only issued for projects that result in verifiable emissions reductions.Carbon credits can be part of a broader approach to reducing greenhouse gas emissions, alongside other measures such as regulation and taxation. In our next podcast, Carbon Neutrality and Crypto, Episode 9, we'll look at the aspect of achieving net-zero carbon emissions by balancing the amount of carbon dioxide released into the atmosphere with an equivalent amount removed or offset. This can be done through reducing emissions, through energy efficiency and renewable energy, and or removing carbon from the atmosphere. The goal of carbon neutrality is to mitigate the impact of greenhouse gas emissions on the climate. As we tie the three episodes together, we'll see why one season investor puts the segment as being, right now, where Bitcoin was a decade ago, with regard to the outstanding and lucrative growth opportunities ahead of us. So be sure to catch us next time, for Reggie and Royal Perspectives podcast on the economy, Cryptocurrency, History, and Business. If you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to smash the like button, and, subscribe to our channel. Until next time, let's, stay, busy.